There were two more murders 15 miles when away. When arrived, they found the telephone we and electricity lines described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religious rite. Cup of murder. Ever wonder what terrible thing happened on this day in history? My name is Karina Bemisterfer, writer and host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily short-form true crime podcast that tells you about rampage killers, sudden spree murders, famous serial killers, and new cases to explore each and every day. Morning Cup of Murder is the perfect addition to your morning routine. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a Morning Cup of Murder. Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and find the show on social media at Morning Cup of Murder. And remember, stay safe. cartwheel on top of the car i ain't wasting no more time <laughs> y'all did you know that mm. one of my not even joking one of my uh celebrity girl crushes is how do you pronounce her fucking first name tawny kitten i don't fucking know the white snake girl who was also the rat girl before being the white snake girl i wanted to be her when i was growing up like I literally dressed up as her for my birthday last year. So, <laughs> hi, welcome to Suspiria. I'm Stephanie, and I'm Carol. I feel like I always let you say I'm Carol, and then I say I'm Stephanie. Fuck, I fucked this up. Uh. uh. Anyway, hi. Uh, does hi, it people. matter? Does like is it? No, it's alphabetical. Okay. Alphabetical order. Then I'm Carol. And I'm Stephanie, and you heard this twice because I'm probably yeah. gonna get lazy and I'm not gonna cut it up. <laughs> anyway, hi, um, welcome to Suspiria, true crime podcast about Latin America. Blah blah blah. We've been here for a while, so mm-hmm. you should already know this. Mm-hmm. And today we're covering another, another kind of famous case outside of Latin America. Actually, I think more famous outside. Actually, I honestly didn't know this case until we got it um we got a suggestion for it so i kind of knew about it that says something about me (laughs) yeah it's like one of those big ones that you go holy shit holy shit so yeah i hope you guys like it honestly because we do yeah so today's episode tells a tale of mystery and possible murder it was suggested to us by one of our listeners ramiro and it's frankly a story that not a lot of people talk about. I feel like I don't, I haven't seen it covered in any any relevant podcasts, <laughs> uh, which is like a little wild because you will see has a lot of good twists and turns. We will be talking about La Baronesa de Floriana, aka the Baroness of Floriana, 
and a bit of the history of the Floriana Island itself because there's no way for us to tell the story without talking about the history of the island. So The sources for today are the documentary The Galapagos Affair, Satan Came to Eden, Voyage in Tahiti, the book The Galapagos Affair, The New York Times, Culture Trip, Tron, PRI.org, San Francisco Bay Times, the Smithsonian Inst- Institution Archives, Explored, El Telegrafo, Diving the Galapagos, and Wikipedia. We are not made of steel, as we say on the other podcast. But here we say yeah. for names, dates, and such. So forget about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I just want to say um, the number of sources might seem impressive, but really, like, the better chunk of material came from the documentary because as you all know we've said this plenty of times here before we encounter a lot of um repeat information on websites and it's usually basic information not anything of substance so so this story has several important layers so let's start with the easier ones most of you probably know uh, where the galapagos islands are but for those who don't know they're part of the ecuador they're part of ecuador and they are a volcanic island group distributed on both sides of the equator and um throughout the pacific ocean they are around 560 miles from mainland Ecuador and became known after Charles Darwin himself visited to study uh, endemic species, which contributed to the inception of his theory of evolution by means of natural selection. So how is Latin America relevant in the world? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're more than useless people. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the oldest of the islands is Española, around 3 million years old, but there are 18 main islands on the Galapagos. Balta, Bartolomé, Darwin, Española, Fernandina, Floriana, Genoveza, Isabella, Marciana, Pinzon, Pinta, Rabida, San Cristobal, Santa Fe, Santiago, and the Wolf. Tell me one of those that I didn't butcher and I will give you $5. Well... You're going to be owing people money because you actually (laughs) didn't butcher a lot of them. Okay. So, (laughs) in the early 1900s, the island of Floriana sat deserted. This would be changed by a couple of Germans named Friedrich Ritter and Dora Strauch Corwin. And it's funny because her name is spelled D-O-R-E, but you're supposed to pronounce her name Dora like Dora the Explorer, so hmm. I'm confused. Hmm. Um, so Friedrich, Fried, Friedrich, Friedrich, Mr. Ready? Fried, <laughs> whatever, this dude, was forty was a 43-year-old dentist who had fought in World War One. said it very slowly because you all know <laughs> I messed this up every time. That was a good year. And he had a wife and family. He was from Wolbach in Germany, and his family apparently had a lot of influence, with some sources citing them as being very important to the German Empire. So he Uh. was kind of a big deal. Friedrich used to say that war was linked to genes and the human character. He was left traumatized by the war, and this probably changed a lot of his own personality. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people who, you know face combat usually come back home with ptsd and stuff like that and i doubt that they were treating 
that shit back then. Yeah. According to some, Dora was his patient, but other people cite them as being acquaintances. Bottom line is, they decided to go to Floriana together. Friedrich was very much inspired by Nietzsche and the idea that people can only count on themselves. Prior to fleeing to go to Floriana, he had all his teeth removed and replaced them with wooden dentures. Now, can you just just imagine the bad breath for one second? This guy has literal wooden teeth. I would rather die than kiss him. But, you know, <laughs> Dora went over there to the island to be naked with him because that that's one one of the things that they wanted to do just be able to lay around naked all day which i will let you all be the judge of how that's gonna go to each their own but i would rather have my clothes on from like laying around a man with wooden teeth i don't know it's just saying so both people did not like the rules imposed on them by society Dora wasn't pleased with the expectations assigned to a German to a German woman of being a housewife, mom, etc. And at that time, what other option do you have other than going to be naked in Floriana with a man with wooden teeth, right? What yeah. else? Yeah, like the the natural response to yeah. not wanting to be a housewife is 800%. go lay naked on a beach with some yeah. random dude. Yeah, she saw Friedrich. Is that how you say it? I'm so sorry. I think it's Friedrich. Friedrich. She saw this guy as the sa- as a savior of sorts. And they wanted to migrate to a place where they could live the way they pleased. Me too, says. She would even go on to say that Friedrich is my teacher, my God. Friedrich is my faith. On July 4th, 1929, they abandoned their respective families and sailed from Amsterdam to Guayaquil in Ecuador. A journey that took him four weeks. Upon arriving there, they had to wait the entire month of August for the only skuna that would go to the Galapagos. I thought they, like, scuba-dived to the Galapagos. No, no, no. <laughs> The only skuna. I wish. Yeah. They sort of had their pick when it came to the Galapagos Islands because although they were fairly well-known by them, the islands, not a lot of people dropped everything to move there because, you know, a lot of people have brains. Yeah. And enjoy living life normally uh (laughs) they avoided the island of san cristobal since there was a government base or something there already um santa cruz already had several european settlers living there so they turned their eyes to floriana living on the island would afford them the total isolation that they dreamed of they arrived at the island on september 19th and I think it's very interesting to point out that you'll see this whole story screams of white privilege. <laughs> like, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. And if you watch the documentary, like, most of these people who were living in the, these islands, they wouldn't have been able to make it unless they actually had shit to sell and drop everything and go to the island so a lot of them try to make it sound like oh you know we were but happy little humble campers but like no you weren't you were able to sail like halfway across the world drop everything and just go move to some island like it's not like the average joe would be able to do this Mm -mm. i don't know Mm -mm. and just the thought of being like yeah i just want to drop everything and just like yeah 
you know, okay. I don't have anything else. Just drop. You know, that's kind of Whatever. privilege. So I don't know if you, have, if, you don't, if you don't have anyone relying on you or like any kind of, I don't know. That's yeah. also kind of. Yeah. 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 So now, listener, try to picture this island that has probably very seldom been touched by humans before. Is it the place where you'd want to settle down in? Well, to this couple, it was the perfect place to build a home. I can see it. It's like HDTV, you know, HDTV in the Galapagos. That's what that is. Oh my God. House Hunters, remote islands. (laughs) I know. I have that idea. HDTV, if you're listening to this, I want my money if you release the show. Yeah. One of the people interviewed in the documentary even said that, quote, their first impression was marvelous. They believed that they would even they would they believed that they would live like Adam and Eve in paradise, alone in complete peace and tranquility. No, thank you. I'm I'm sorry. I won't have to pass on that. I don't want to live like at <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no, but that's that's literally what they called it. They called it their little Eden because you know the Garden of Eden, like okay whatever then the person goes on to say they called the little valley where they settled frido uniting the words friedrich and door and daughter so frido Fried from friedrich and do from door i mean sounds like the perfect utopia well but Friedrich and Dora decided that they were going to tame the jungle, making a big garden so they could plant the seeds they had brought with them, and it would all be sunshine and rainbows. Both of them were vegetarians, who said that um, they didn't eat meat, and that was a matter of principles for them. So it's all seeds. Yeah, so not only are they moving to this remote-ass island, they're also vegetarians living in a remote ass island so this is gonna go fantastic (laughs) it's gonna go really well it's hard to be a vegetarian just surrounded by food in the real world imagine right yeah exactly i mean uh, so i don't know it wasn't at all easy dora suffered from multiple sclerosis Mm. so not only are they vegetarians going to this remote ass island but she also suffers from ms in 1930 1929 bad choices all around anyway she had been told by friedrich about the power of thought and how she didn't need to succumb to her illness if she would just think about being well so just think happy thoughts you know those people who tell you oh you don't you're depressed just think about the positive things in life that's literally what he said to her about fucking ms ms you're sick how about trying being well exactly stop being poor as paris hilton (laughs) once said um back in germany where she had access to doctors and pharmacies thinking about being well like worked out perfectly because she could just go to a pharmacy and pop a pill if anything but on this fucking remote island not so much they had to work day and night to build something for themselves and to just survive, really. Uh, Friedrich would go on to write that, quote, We cannot expect to find paradise anywhere if we're not willing to create it, end quote. Why not creating in like your living room close to a pharmacy or something? 
Exactly. However difficult it must have been living on the island with Dora having to endure tooth extractions without anesthesia as well as dealing with her illness, the two managed to make a semblance of a living there. By February of 1931, though they were beyond stressed with each other, I would imagine, because you cannot just live with one other human being in your life with, like, literally no one else. There's nowhere to go, like... There's no one on this fucking island. Like, you can walk around the entire island and come back, and it's just gonna be this dude with his wooden teeth. <laughs> Probably wrong, right? Because... Naked. <laughs> Friedrich was unhappy with just about anything Dora did, and they constantly argued. He wanted to see her as something more than a fragile woman. In his letters to his family, he called her a coward and never had a kind word to say about her. According to his grandson, what a fucking asshole! Imagine, like, oh my god. I mean, I'm all for trying to empower women, but not like that. I guess. I mean. That sucks. Honestly. According to his grandson, Fritz Hebert, there were no loving words in his letters or even something that would say that he pitied Dora. She had seen him as a god in the past, but the tide was turning. Very much so turning. I would too. I mean, how long would you live in an island with anyone before you started hitting them? Insert that gif of Ron Burgundy saying, I immediately regret this decision. Um, <laughs> like, how how else did you think this was going to go? Like, I, Honestly, I, I admire results. people who are naive like this because I saw it being a thing, a bad thing from the beginning. Anyway... What better way to get a feeling of how they felt about each other than reading their own words, huh? Dora said, Friedrich doesn't see that I need to be loved and treated with kindness. He uses all his free time working on his philosophical papers and isn't aware of anything else. Because of that, I dedicate, I dedicate all my time to my donkey, her burro, giving oh. it all my love and attention. So she had a pet, a pet donkey. Pet donkey. Yeah. That's cute. And oh, you know what's cool? The person who voices her is Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. She voices her in the documentary. There's someone else. Maybe Diane Kruger is also in this. There's another big a- actress who voices um another person. Anyway, Friedrich says, the attachment that Dora has to wild creatures is something that disappoints me a lot. She thinks that her love for animals is something good and admirable, but her affection for them is nothing more than flattering the animal inside herself. Dora also so said, be it. I spend- so be it, asshole. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right? It's the only thing that shows her any kindness while you're sitting here being a dick. Um, Dora said, I spend a lot of time with my donkey, but sometimes even he isn't enough. I sometimes think that I would die of happiness if I could just see another human being, even if it were a cannibal. So is this a tale about cannibals? <laughs> By the summer of 1931, Friedrich and Dora, Friedrich and Dora's letters to to their families were leaked to the press all around the world. Several articles were written about the two in their mission of isolation. 
Several articles were written about the two and their mission of isolation. As you can expect, with the press, there were a lot of sensationalized versions of what of what they were going through, and other versions were downright wrong. They felt as if they were now zoo animals being observed by humans all around, all around them who made no effort to actually understand their purpose and the the real reason for the mission of isolation. Want to be naked? No one <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny because they complain about all these like stories about these two fucking weirdos who were living naked by themselves on this island. And they're like, ooh, no one understands my purpose. I'm like, what is the purpose? <laughs> That's exa- really, exactly. Like, <laughs> well, what is the purpose? Like, God. On January 3rd, 1932, 20 scientists were aboard the research vessel Voleto 3, which was commanded by Captain Alan Hancock. They were at the Galapagos on a mission to document and collect rare species, but decided to stop by Floriana to meet Dora and Frederick, whom they had uh, heard of in the press. You know, you know what's a great pit stop that we can do? Hey, the Pamoya, no. No. No, let's stop by Frederick and Dora because that's a great sight to see. I really want to see that. That is great. Tourism. No thanks. Am I right? They expected to encounter savages, but they were shocked to find that both people were actually really smart. To look at that, the entomologist John Garth was amazed at the tools created by Friedrich to make their lives on the on the island easier. One of which was an outdoor shower, probably a bag with holes. <laughs> or no, I don't know how this. I mean. I would, would I be able to make one myself? No, but it's impressive. And I don't know. <laughs> it looked, so there's a little <laughs> clip of the shower. It looked like a pipe, a wooden pipe. And he would like whip it around and the water would come. It wasn't very like creative or anything, but I, I guess I don't, I don't know. They, bo- they brought the couple aboard the ship where their orchestra orchestra played classical German music. I love that. Like, why do they have an orchestra on the ship? On the ship, right? I don't know. It's like, the yeah. 1930s. Like, you know what? Everybody wears tuxedos. <laughs> you know what's very vital in the ship? An orchestra. Really want it? Yeah. On a on a research <laughs> ship. Exactly. Not even like a, a fucking touristy. Ship. <laughs> maybe that's like part of the experiment. Maybe. Maybe they were like already there, you know, like, yeah, don't come off to stay. It's fine. Dora was visibly touched by the music and even cried a little. The scientists got the impression that she wanted to go home. Friedrich, on the other, Friedrich, on the other hand, was uncomfortable with Dora's reaction and tried to lecture her then and there on the psychological unity of music. It's just music. Anyone would, I would cry. I'm not German. I haven't been on an island. If I saw an orchestra playing music, I'll probably cry. This Nothing. woman has been on this fucking Dude. island for almost three years. Dude, let her She's live. She's hearing music for the first time in almost three years. Like, yeah. what you is wrong yeah, with you? It's fucked up that you like move far away from society so you can live the life that you want to be. But then you want to try to like regulate this woman into like being like whatever. You know, just let her be herself too. <laughs> exactly. Right? 
Exactly. Like, she doesn't have one day of peace. She wants to befriend a donkey in an island. You don't let her. She needs to leave your version of Eden. Fuck you. No, so the captain asked the two of them if they could give, if the crew could give them anything to make their lives on the island a bit easier and obviously Friedrich was like no we don't need anything but we we would love some oil for our lamps but that is it but then he they kept like insisting so he they he most likely because he sounds like the fucking control freak in here um accepted soap rice chocolate cooking oil a stove and a winchester rifle about the visit dora would say as the people from the valero took us back to floriana i thought of the music which we would probably never hear again and of the friends who we were leaving who who are leaving us so soon friedrich said it was a nice visit they have a similar mind to ours but if other people come and try to interrupt our isolation we won't be so friendly we will resist the establish the establishment of any community. What are you gonna do? Write a mean letter? Yeah, I'm gonna reveal this on Yelp. Um, so the couple would get exactly the opposite of what they wanted, as in the summer of that year, specifically in the month of August, an entire family would arrive at the <laughs> island. They were Margaret Whitmer her husband, Heinz, and her stepson, Harry. To top it all off, Margaret was five months pregnant. Nice. Sounds like a community was forming, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The Whitmers had sold everything that they owned in Germany in order to invest in equipment and supplies to allow them to survive in Floriana. Margaret described the state of shock in which they were upon arriving at the island but they didn't have money to go back to germany even if they wanted to so can you imagine this fucking family arriving there thinking that oh well you know it's a remote island but there's probably some semblance of society in there and it's just grass and palm trees and two naked people two persons (laughs) in a donkey yeah in an outdoor shower and a winchester rifle that's it because yeah. they already ate the chocolate. So Heinz had seen an article about Friedrich in a uh, Cologne newspaper. And that is what had inspired the move. Harry was a child from his first marriage. And he was a very sickly boy. His condition worsened by the day. And so he decided that um, taking the family to the Galapagos would be the perfect solution. Obviously, right? Obviously. 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 He will go on to say, quote, If the two of them had... If, if the two of them could do it, so could we. We two could live our life in the city behind and give Harry a healthy existence. Sort of like the Swiss family Robinson, yeah? These are people yeah. grounded in reality. That sounds plausible. That sounds amazing. There's tons of doctors people in the hospital. So smart. And EMTs in the island, right? That's the amazing, yes. The first encounter with Dora and Friedrich wasn't very great, obviously. Dora was disappointed in the fact that Margaret seemed like the average woman who would just love to be a housewife. How dare her? Margaret sounds like a little, I mean, not Margaret, Dora sounds like a little judgmental bitch. (laughs) Okay, just because you don't want to be a housewife. (gasps) Let the other woman be a, dude, whatever. 
let her live her life. Mm-hmm. Margaret, on the other hand, felt very uncomfortable with the fact that as soon as they arrived, daughter started talking about Nietzsche and philosophy, blah, 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 with all that. Uh, when all the witnesses wanted was to become good old settlers who just wanted to work hard and build a life for themselves. She, they already had a life. Like, you don't have to build a new one, right? Just stay it's your own. It's fine. Germany. Just stay in Germany. Bad. Jesus. Honestly, they felt out of their groove and very unwelcome. This only got worse when Friedrich decided to tell the Wimmers that they had to live in a specific part of the island. He wanted them to know that uh, they were invading their territory. So he took them about an hour away from his own little house into caves and basically said, This is your new home now. Good luck. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Caves. He was basically caves. like... You stay here, and you stay the fuck away from us. Thank you. Have a nice day. I mean, at least now, Dora and Friedrich have something to hate. Like, in hate can really bond people, so maybe their life's a little better now. So one of the reasons why Margaret had agreed to come to these damn islands in the first place and had chosen Floriana was because Friedrich was a fucking doctor. And there's no doctors in Germany. So she has to go all the way <laughs> to the Galapagos. <laughs> She was pregnant, and she felt that his presence would bring her some semblance of safety. Now that he was putting so much distance between them, she became a little worried. Friedrich was enraged at the idea that they thought they could just stroll in there and make him their doctor. <laughs> he didn't want to be anyone's doctor. He even said, quote, I am shocked at the fact that the Whitmers came here to take advantage of my abilities as a doctor. I made it clear that I do not want to practice medicine and I refuse to be around the caves to help Margaret. I am very resentful and I would be happy to put them, that family, in the next boat to Guayaquil. I tell you what, that was probably one of the most entertaining letters of all time. The letter of like, yeah, we just got more people on this <laughs> island. Yeah. Like, wow. Can you imagine? Like, I really wish I could find some of these letters because the, the content must be good. <laughs> gold um if only they Whitmer's had a vlog <laughs> vlogging channel um <laughs> the whitmers were very disappointed as they had expected more from a fellow german couple frida would be a uh, hashtag invaded again on october 15th Margaret spotted a woman who she described as someone in her late 40s, mounted on a donkey, carrying a revolver. There were two German men with her, a skinny blonde and a stronger one with dark hair. The woman introduced herself as the Baroness Eloise von Wagner Basket. Basket? Sometimes, uh, she's sometimes credited as Eloise Grove Wilhelm. Where home, where home, blah, 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 Wagner. From Paris, of course, she's from Paris. The men with her were Robert Philipson and Rudolf Lawrence. The three would settle in Orange Grove near a stream. But who the heck were these people? Where did they come from? I want to know their story. Some sources state that they showed up with an Ecuadorian coach called Manuel Valdivieso Borja, who would uh, leave the island like a month later. But the recounting above is based in Margaret's own writing. And she didn't mention this Manuel guy. And it's funny because not to tr I'm not shady Margaret at all. 
But she vividly describes Eloise as being in her 40s. And, you know, people in their 40s in 1932 or 33, they looked rough, man. They looked Mm -hmm. bad. And Eloise looked pretty fucking good. So maybe a tad bit of jealousy is involved. Don't know. Um, Eloise was not actually a baroness. According to Lawrence's later testimony to Margaret, Eloise was married to a French man named Busquet, 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 don't speak French, whom she had met in Constantinople where she was a dancer before the first war. Before it became Turkey, before it became Istanbul too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There (laughs) isn't like a lot on her background. Some people say that she was from Austria, but there's no actual biography for her. Mysterious woman. Um, she also claimed to be a spy. She had met Lorenz in Paris, and with his money, they opened a boutique where Philipson was hired as a salesman. <laughs> so Lorenz was sort of like the sugar daddy, but the side <laughs> piece at the same time because she was married. As you'll see, Eloise tended to exaggerate a lot about her life and her grandiose plans. She came to the island announcing that she was going to open a hotel named Hacienda Paradiso and that Philipson would be her architect and Lorenz would be the engineer. She proclaimed herself as the Baroness of Floriana within like five minutes of being on the fucking island. Dress for the job you want, not the job you have, I guess. Fake it till you make <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, that's over LinkedIn all there. Yeah, of course. But you know, you know exactly who wasn't happy about any of this this right <laughs> the people already in the island look at these people coming over just taking the island as their own when we've been here all colonizers along. yeah exactly margaret did not like the fact that louise washed her feet at the same stream where the witness where the witness collected the collected their drinking water how dare you your dirty nasty feet you washing i'm drinking from this water Heinz described Eloise as a person who wanted to be a feudal queen. Mm-hmm. That's a new one, I guess. Eloise went over uh, to Dada in Fiji's house and just sat down on the, one of the deck chairs without asking him for permission. She told them to serve her tea as if she owned the place. Friedrich was disgusted at the idea of her profiting off of the island and Dada told her, right then and there that she wasn't the boss of anything dada would however go and go on to say that she disliked eloise a little bit less than margaret since eloise was by no means a housewife dada has standards she has a hierarchy of people that she hates i appreciate that you cannot be a housewife around door no she will not be happy with that she Mm -hmm. will not stand for that the winner's and Friedrich thought Eloise was vulgar and a horrible person. And She's you know what's funny? Her feet. That's vulgar. They thought, no, they thought that she was vulgar because she dressed in skimpy outfits. And I'm sitting here like, sir, you were naked on this island. <laughs> I know, right? Look these at that. other people came around. So who are you to say 
anything. Like, because she did. She liked to wear, like, sheer tops where you could see her nipples. Yeah, but if you're naked, you've seen a tip before, dude. Chill. Exactly. Like, who the fuck are you to say anything? So, Eloise clearly was not very popular with the locals. Things only got worse with time. On November 15th, she got into an argument with a couple of Norwegian men after she claimed that they shot her calf. She threatened one of the men, Christian Stampa, and told him that the island belonged to her, that it was her castle, and she wanted him out of there. <laughs> he ran to Friedrich and Dora's house, and he looked pretty startled. Some accounts even say that like his clothes were torn off or something. And uh, when he told them what Eloise had said, they were fucking pissed. A little more than a month later, on December 30th, Margaret started feeling the pains of labor. Knowing how hostile Friedrich was, uh, she endured it all for 72 hours. She was like, if this guy doesn't want to help us, like, fuck it. I don't need his help. I will have this kid here and fuck him. But the baby just was not coming out. Baby did not want to come out. Heinz could clearly tell that there was something wrong with him. And Margaret decided to ask Friedrich for help, fearing that the worst could happen. The doctor headed to the ca- caves where he performed a C-section on Margaret. Jesus. She gave birth to a boy named Rolf. No judgment to the Rolfs, but isn't that kind of like a dog's name? Rolfs. He was the first child ever born on the Galapagos Islands. <laughs> Don't you look at that? The baby's birth seemed to bring some semblance of peace to the island, and Dora would even compare it to Christmas. Aw. Eloise visited the house and brought as gifts clothes that she had brought in that she had bought in Paris, saying that Rolf should be the most dapper little man in our island. I mean, that's pretty adorable. It's nice. Friedrich and Dora brought a two-year-old date palm. Fruits and vegetables as gifts, and Friedrich advised the parents to, quote, not make his bed too soft. Those who sleep in soft beds become lazy. Rolf would be the first of the Whitmer children born in Floriana. They would also have a girl named Florianita, born four years later. And on the documentary, you can, uh, both Rolf and Florianita are on this documentary, and they go back to the cave and you can see the little bed that was like a carved piece of like rock in the cave. And he was like, oh, this was my bed when <laughs> I was growing up. This is where I used to sleep. It's very cute. That's cute. So on January 26, 1933, the scientists returned to the islands for more research. And they decided to visit their isolated friends with some gifts. Upon approaching Floriana, though, they encountered a sign which had, quote, Hacienda Paradise, two hours marked road, written in what appeared to be red lipstick. <laughs> I wonder who that's from. <laughs> <laughs> they, headed to the, they headed to the Ritter house where they learned all about this new baroness and her shenanigans. They went over her little compound to meet her. She told them she spoke eight languages and she was a niece of famous mu- musicians Franz Liszt and Richard Wagner. The visitors noticed that the place was filthy. 
It had a barbed wire fence separating their property from the Whitmers. While it was clear by the state of their house that Margaret was a good housewife, the same couldn't be said of Eloise. The scientists invited all the residents of the island aboard the Valero, which where soon an argument ensued between Dora and Eloise, with Dora making no secret as to what her real opinion of the Baroness was. The crew then decided to keep all the three groups separate while aboard. You guys can get along. You guys can get together then. That's fun, right? Like, they can't stand that. I, I love it. Captain Hancock had brought the readers a lot of gifts we could which could have been considered a luxury at the island this made eloise furious and she insisted that all the gifts needed to be split evenly at least she's not trying to keep it for herself but friedrich was but not like, who the fuck are you the gifts are not for you i know right like not everything is about you yeah no but she's the baroness stuff she used up all her red lipstick to make that sign that's important Friedrich was not putting up with all that and told her and Philipson to pound sand. The scientists left that awkward-ass island behind them on February 6th with the impression that Dora and Friedrich loved fighting. I'm sure they do. And Louise was alright. And then the Whitmers were the only ones that actually knew how to make the most out of life in the island. I mean, I guess, right? Yeah, no surprises there. As soon as the ship and its crew were out of there, Eloise sung by Frido to pester Dora and Frederick. Of course, right? All you need is drama in life. She told them. Well, Captain Hancock was absolutely charmed, charmed, absolutely charmed by my hacienda and perhaps me. And when he comes back, we're gonna make a film. It shall be called The, Empr the Empress of Floriana. That's me. On May 30th, the governor, of, uh, the governor of Galapagos went to Floriana to investigate the hacienda and also the accusations against Eloise, which were made by Friedrich and Mr. Christian Stumpa, who got his ass beaten by Eloise. <laughs> that didn't really go anywhere as she was able to charm him. He ended up giving her four square miles of land where she could build her little hotel and you know what the whitmers friedrich and dory got mm. 50 acres each <laughs> yet again eloise was winning over the rest of them and they were very much sore losers on october 10th captain captain hancock returned to the island telling all sorts of stories he had read stories in the media about how the Baroness was a mad empress with a court of 12 <laughs> men who had installed a terror regime on the island and had imprisoned Friedrich, among many other pieces of wild gossip. She took his wooden teeth right off of his mouth. That's what happened. <laughs> gossip in the 30s was a lot cooler. <laughs> Then now, I'm just saying, you don't see this being said about Justin Bieber. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, Friedrich was sure that Eloise was the one spreading the gossip around. And Dora thought that the woman was a sensationalist. Hancock promised to return and finally tape the infamous movie with Eloise. And return he did on January 21st, 1934. Him and the crew produced, directed, and even played a role in the empress's movie who's gonna wa i want to watch that but who's gonna watch that? 
it's a you know it's a, a 1930s movie so it's like yeah. a silent film and it's very short the movie called the empress of floriana goes like this a couple on a honeymoon is stranded on the island after a shipwreck the husband decides to l go look for some water thinking that the place is deserted little did he know that it was actually inhabited by a couple of pirates oh my the couple living on the island is not at all happy there the lady pirate spots the shipwreck the shipwrecked women laying on the sand and tells her partner they start hunting the intruders from afar before she tells her partner to go after the woman seeing Seeing as he take, seeing as he's taking too long to go to her, the lady pirate shoots her dead. Unbeknownst to her, there is a second person on the shipwreck, a man who approaches her little hut and tells her that his bride is dying on, dying of thirst and asks for some water. The lady pirate, the lady pirate tells him, "Not yet, handsome. Nothing is free in my island." Do you have some Bitcoin? I'm just kidding. You will have water soon, but first you have to do something for me. The cam the camera cuts to him killing the other pirate, and then the movie ends with the woman telling him, "Now you're mine and mine alone." And that's when the porn starts. So this like this fucking wild ass movie. It's definitely wild, and it's funny because the um the lady pirate is obviously Eloise, and one of the scientists dressed up as a woman to play the woman that gets killed in this and it's such a bad costume it literally looks like if a five-year-old boy tried to dress up as a woman it's just awful the movie was the ego boost eloise clearly did not need she didn't need an ego boost because she's already already full of herself um Her authoritative demeanor only got worse, and Lorenz started confiding in the Whitmers about her and the life of the three together. He told Margaret that Eloise wasn't a baroness. He told her about their past and how they met. He also claimed that Philipson and Eloise treated him like a slave and made him do every bit of housework needed. Whereas in Europe, he had the upper hand since he supported them financially since he supported them financially on the island he was treated like nothing more than a bug eloise would order the men to sleep on her bed whenever she felt like it she also claimed the men that no man could resist her so i don't know she sounds like a badass to me what do you think Carol? like she sounds like a woman who knows what she wants Tensions began brewing among the three women. Pictures of the islanders give the impression that maybe something was going on with Friedrich and Eloise, whereas Margaret was increasingly annoyed at the fact that Heinz got in the habit of visiting Dora every Sunday, and Sunday was the only day in which he didn't work. And, like, he's spending his only day off with this woman wow yeah but yeah. i mean margaret has two other guys to choose so i mean well but margaret didn't want to cheat on her ah, whatever it's an island with people who weren't him <laughs> carol please 
By the end of February and the beginning of March, a severe drought overcame the island. Temperatures reached 120 degrees on the shade, and there are no boats or yachts or yachts visiting the island, and things that were kind of already awful between the Baroness and her men only got worse after Lawrence flees their compound due to physical abuse. He goes to Friedrich and Dora, who refused to help him, obviously, I don't know what he expected, but the Whitmers took him in. Then a cycle of big... Then a cycle begins where Eloise shows up and asks him to go home. He goes home, then runs back to the Whitmers crying. Heinz even ends up getting into an argument with the Baroness and tells Friedrich, We have to get together and do something. Appealing to the governor does not solve anything. We have to uh, take matters into our own hands. On March, oh. yeah. Welcome to this murder podcast, guys. This is not a story of success Hi. and how the amazing city of Floriana was founded. On March nineteenth, Dora documents the incident that happened on the ninth, where her and Friedrich had heard a hor- heard a horrible scream in a woman's voice. They thought they were hallucinating. Since there was no additional commotion following the scream, the she expected a visit from Heinz that weekend, but he never came. However, on the 18th, Margaret showed up with Lawrence, and they told Dora the sto- a story that seemed less than credible. According to Margaret, a couple of days before the 16th, her and the children had heard noises coming from the Baroness' compound, indicating that she had visitors. Eloise soon showed up at the gate looking for Lawrence. When Margaret told her that he had left with Heinz, Eloise told her, Please tell Lawrence that our friends arrived by boat and that we're getting and that we're going to Tahiti with them. I hope the southern seas are a better place to realize my plans. Lawrence has to look after my stuff until I either return or send word. Au revoir. Margaret thought Louise was lying, but the men arrived and she told Lawrence to go back to the comp- to go by the compound and there was no one there. He had gone to the post office, bay of the island, and he was gone for two days. When he came back, he said he found only footprints in the donkey prints. <laughs> Do you smell the bullshit, listener? Do you smell the bullshit? Dora smelled the bullshit, too. Especially because right after they told their little tale, Lorenz asked her and Friedrich if they wanted to buy some of the stuff that Eloise had left behind. He seemed desperate to leave the island. I wonder why. The couple then went to the house to see if there was something interesting, stopping by the Whitmer's place where they noticed that the tablecloth on the Whitmer table belonged to Eloise. Friedrich was also not convinced because he was sure he would have seen a ship if any of them had stopped by the island. So the Baroness house the Baroness's house was empty, but all of her things were in there. So it was empty of people, but it still had all her shit. Including a copy of the picture of Dorian Gray, the book, which she carried everywhere with her as a good luck charm. She never went out of the island without the damn book, but all of a sudden she had left on her she had left a book on her nightstand to go to Tahiti. 
<laughs> Nonsense. Dora wasn't the only person who was suspicious. Margaret thought Friedrich and Lorenz were up to something. Dora was sure Philipson and the Baroness were dead, and she feared that her and Friedrich were next. Was there a serial killer on the island? This I think whole time? so. He was hiding under the rocks, deep inside the caves. By the end of April, the rains had returned to the island. Lawrence wanted out, like, ASAP. He wrote a note in English and put it on the post office uh, bay. The note said, There's a young man on Floriana who begs any ship for, for an opportunity to leave this island. I live inland off the trail that is marked in red. Signed, Rudolph Lawrence. His wish uh, came true on July 10th when a small fishing boat called the, Dynam the Dynamita, Dynamita arrived there. It belonged to a Norwegian man named Nuggerud who lived on the island of Santa Cruz. He told them that he could take Lawrence back to Santa Cruz and then uh, show him how to get on a boat to Guayaquil. He also, also on this boat was a Swedish journalist named Rolf Bloomberg. Not the other Rolf. <laughs> Rolf was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Who had came along hoping to meet the Baroness. Can you imagine, like... I don't know. I mean, going that far to... I mean, okay. You you came all the way from Sweden to this. Is there nothing interesting happening in Sweden? Like woman? honestly, the man were fed the same bologna sandwich of a story about the Baroness's disappearance. Bloomberg asked the Islanders several times about Louise because he wanted to write about her. Right before leaving the island, Lawrence told her, told Lawrence told the others, "I don't know, but I'm somehow afraid of this trip." A month or so went by, and on August 21st, the Islanders received an alarming letter from Bloomberg. The letter said the following, quote, The three of us set sail for the island of Santa Cruz. However, along the way, we passed a big ship on a hard tack to, for San Cristobal. Lorenz saw this ship as his chance to get to the mainland quickly, so as soon as we anchored here on Santa Cruz, he began begging Nagarod to set out at once for San Cristobal so he could catch the damn ship before it left for Guayaquil. People in Santa Cruz say that Lorenz looked desperate to leave. However, it was Friday the 13th and Nagarod, who was very superstitious, didn't want to leave. Lorenz insisted so much that he was like, okay, fine, I'll take you there. The man and the boat had not been seen since. Other boats looked for the men in other islands, but no one found them. It was like they vanished without a trace. The rains had not been enough to replenish the garden created by Friedrich and Dora. The winners see the couple boiling dead chicken who looked like was poisoned. On November 23rd, Dora and Friedrich, dis I mean, because they were like vegetarians, right? Yeah, just remember that. Yeah, yeah on November 23rd, Dort and Friedrich decide to eat the damn chicken lest they starve to death, right? I mean, principles down the drain. Dort states that they took precautions preparing the kitchen, the chicken and all, and that Friedrich had a lot less of it than she did. A couple of hours later, though, 
he started getting really, really sick. He was in pain and vomiting all night. And at dawn, she said that he asked her to read him Nietzsche. Finally, she ran to the Whitmers for help. And that's when the two narratives start clashing a bit again. According to Dora, when they got back to Frido, Friedrich's tongue was extremely swollen and he could not speak clearly. She said, I sat behind him through the night, playing, praying somehow, praying that somehow he might get well again. At, down, at dawn, Friedrich suddenly sat up. He stretched out both his arms towards me. All trace of pain had faded from his face, which was transfigured with a look of with a look so lucid, so triumphant, so calm, so tender that I could only gaze and gaze upon him like one who sees a miracle. But then he fell back on the pillows, and before I was able to utter a solemn word, he was gone. Margaret's story was very different. She said, quote, when Dora and I reached Friedel, Friedrich looked as if he was in excruciating pain. His one comprehensible remark was to point out the bitter irony that he, a vegetarian, was dying from meat poisoning. Then, he made an immense effort and felt for the pencil and paper by his bed and wrote his last sentence, I curse you with my dying breath. Oof. With that, he looked up at Dora, his eyes gleaming with hate. He struggled against the shot of morphine that Dora gave him and repelled with blows and kicks every effort she made to touch him. Hours went by like this until he at last collapsed on his pillows and was gone. They had morphine? Yeah. I did give the morphine to the pregnant woman with the C-section. I mean, does, is that how it works? No. I don't know. The, no, the morphine is for only, only uh, him, okay? Because okay? he's the king of okay. this island. Whatever the discrepancy was, the man was dead. Harry and Hines buried him. Margaret thought it was very suspicious that Dora had waited so long to ask for help. Dora started thinking that the island was haunted and that she wanted out of there. She wrote Captain Hancock telling him about Friedrich and asking for help. December 2nd, word gets around to Captain Hancock after a media representative called him to let him know that two bodies were found in the black sands of Martina Island, near a wrecked boat. He thought it could be the Baroness. The crew went to the Galapagos with their wives. At 2 p.m., they anchored in Martina. They saw a wreck and a bamboo pole where a great coat was hanging off of it, as if it was a distressed uh, signal. Then, to their horror, they found the mummified body of Nugget and nearby Lawrence, who was wearing the same outfit he always did. Yeah, and like it literally looked like two mummies. If you Google this case online, you can even see a picture of one of the scientists picking up Lawrence as a mummy. That's fishy, it's man. It's very creepy. The ongoing theory to this day is that before the boat reached San Cristobal, it either ran out of gas or broke down. So the currents of the Galapagos, which at that time of the year flow northward, swept them away and they landed on Martina. Martina is an uninhabitable volcanic island. So the two men died of hunger and thirst, mostly thirst. 
Two days later, at 5 a.m., the captain arrived at Floriana. He, too, was fed the same bologna and noticed that the Whitmer's house had the tin roof that he had previously seen at the Baroness's place. He couldn't figure out the truth of it all. Interestingly enough, the little plaque that they put over Friedrich's grave said that he had died on November 21st, which we're not sure why, but... Yeah. On the 7th, the Valero set sail to Santa Cruz with Dora aboard it. She took few of their meager possessions, but all of Friedrich's uh, papers. She met with the governor who wrote Friedrich's death certificate, that, and she was intent on going back to Europe and publishing all of his philosophical work. On December 8, 1934, an article on the newspaper El Universo. Oh my god, I said that so, so awfully. I'm sorry. You're yeah, so it's getting to me, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I, I cannot believe what came out of my mouth. On December 8, 1934, an article on the newspaper El Universo written about Friedrich said that he had known... Uh, that he knew that the Whitmers had something to do with the Baroness's disappearance. Whether that is true or not, it wasn't investigated at all, obviously, right? Of course. Why would you want to know? Why would you want to yeah. know? Who yeah. has time mm -hmm. for that? Who cares? The Whitmers were the sole residents of Floriana for quite some time. They named their home Asilo de la Paz after a settlement that had previously been there. Dora went back to Germany and she failed to publish Friedrich's work. I feel like every time I say his name, I say it differently. And that was the worst. Yeah. It's okay. We Not know. We know. But uh, she did publish a book called Satan Came to Eden in 1935, in which she told all about her life in Floriana. The Wimmers eventually moved to Black Beach, still in Floriana, where they built a hotel. Which Florianita, which Florianita, their daughter, runs to this day. Harry drowned after a boat accident in 1952. Heinz died of natural causes in 1962. Margaret wrote a book in 1959 called Floriana about her life on the island. Housewives don't write books, Margaret. I guess daughter can like you now, I guess. Yeah. She died at the age of 95 in 2000 and she would and she would famously say in Boca Cerrada don't no enter moscas. I don't speak Spanish. I'm going to say this in Portuguese so you guys don't judge me as a complete failure. In Boca Fechada não entra mosca. Rolf runs Whitmer Whitmer Tourism, which uh, is a boat tour company. The bodies of Philipson and the Baroness were never found and they were never heard of again. And that's the story. Well, so that is the story of the Baroness of Floriana, y'all. What do you think happened? What do you think happened? I think obviously someone killed them. And I mean, yeah. who? I don't know. I feel like... I don't know. I, I don't know. Don't, I honestly don't think Lorenz was brave enough to do something like this. Maybe he like put the idea in someone else's head. And then when he saw that they actually did it, he was like, oh, shit, I got to get out of here because I might be next. I mean, my bets are on Friedrich because I feel like he's kind of the villain of the story. 
So it would only make sense, but I don't know. And then maybe Dora killed him after she killed a woman. I don't know. I don't know. We'll never I really, know. I really have no idea. We'll never know. This is too much. It's probably one of the only cases I don't have any opinions to talk. Like this, you know. <laughs> That's weird. That's odd. That's different in listeners. So, y'all, we hope you enjoyed this. Um, just as an FYI, you might have noticed we haven't published a new episode in a mm-hmm. while. And this isn't because we suck. We actually rule. So, thank <laughs> you very much. Um, we are actually going to change our schedule around and post one episode every couple of weeks. If we do manage to post an episode, like, in two weeks in a row then just let's just count that as a blessing but just for consistency we will be posting one episode every two weeks here we hope you still love us like we know that you do um what else carol what mm, else do we have to say? i mean i would have to say that um it's not that we don't love suspiria we really do but if if you miss us and if you speak Portuguese or close to Portuguese, maybe Spanish, who knows? Or if you think you can understand us, we have a second podcast called Tupini Crime, T-U-P-I-N-I Crime, C-R-I-M-E, in Portuguese that you can listen to. That one is mostly weekly, although we haven't been super consistent with it, you know, and it's so that podcast is actually number like 30 in Japan right now, guys. We're very famous. <laughs> We're so famous. It's actually like rough. Um, if any of you all produce any content for the internet and you have a regular life <laughs> outside of that, it's it's hard sometimes to sync your work schedule with researching and all of this. We don't want to just spit out a half-assed episode of like 15 minutes telling you about this story because this couldn't have been told in less than however long this has been running we like to do a thorough job so we pay the price for that sometimes because yeah we can't always um, deliver it as much as we want to in the time frame that we want to so we would rather have quality than quantity I mean, so, maybe when Steph and I yeah. didn't have jobs and stuff, it was a little easier. We were putting out things every yeah. week. But now, guys, things change. I just hope that we lose our jobs so we can finally yeah. upload in the schedule again. Right? <laughs> yes. Hashtag hope that Suspiria hosts are on. Hashtag fire Carol um, and Steph so I can have my free content. How about that? It, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. That's awful. God. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> okay i mean uh, uh, do you have anything else any kind of memos anything to say yeah i mean no. we've been talking like to each other or in, in about things like so much that like comes to the actual recordings we don't have anything to say we don't it's quarantine no one's doing shit so yeah yep yep all right so glad that you guys listened to the whole thing if you're still here I hope you guys have a good end of the world. And that's it. Later, taters. Ciao. Thank you for listening to another episode of Suspiria, a true crime podcast. 
If you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of that horrible information, please check out our previous episodes and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Suspiria Podcast. Facebook is also Suspiria Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Suspiria Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting. We do, actually. If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at suspiriapodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite. Ciao! Ciao.